Hello, and welcome to the Love Your Work Life podcast. I'm your host, Elisa Shuck. Whether you're going for that next promotion, looking for a job, or making a career pivot, I'll teach you how to navigate it all so you can have the career you want. Welcome to episode 57. I did a poll recently on LinkedIn, and the question was, what's your biggest job search challenge? And I gave four options to choose from. First one was crafting an awesome resume. The second one was finding jobs to apply for. The third one was marketing yourself in interviews. And the last one was negotiating compensation. And I have to tell you, the the results surprised me a little bit. 19% of the people responded that their resume was their biggest challenge. 10% of people said negotiating compensation was their biggest challenge. And it was dead even 36% each for finding jobs to apply for and marketing yourself in interviews. So I want to tackle both of these. I'm going to tackle marketing yourself in interviews first in this week's episode, because, you know, if you have a resume that's opening doors for you and you know it's working because you're getting interviews, that's kind of how you know your resume is working. Or as you may have heard me talk about, you know, your job search strategy is working if you're getting to talk to human beings. That's that's just the way it goes, right? That's the whole purpose. But if you are having trouble marketing yourself in that interview, you could have the best resume on the planet, but you won't get job offers. And there's a number of reasons this could be happening. So I want to talk about marketing yourself in the interview from a marketer's perspective. Now, what I want to tell you is this. If you don't walk away remembering anything other than this little statement, then you're going to win. You're going to have better results. The reason people hire others is the same reason people buy things. Now, I know that sounds weird and it's a little bit crazy to think of ourselves as products, but the psychology behind it is exactly the same. The reason people buy things is because it will make their life easier and better. So when you go into an interview from the perspective that this person's going to hire you because they see something in you that's going to make their life easier and better, you know you are winning that conversation. Think about it like this. There are reasons people buy things. Now, on the surface, it seems like we buy things to solve some kind of physical problem. You know, you need a new outfit for that interview, or you you want to have that new pair of shoes because it makes you feel good, or the physical problem I solved not too long ago was I could not use my favorite casserole dish in my toaster oven. So I needed a new toaster oven. Did I really need one? 
mm, maybe. I was trying to solve a physical problem because the casserole dish I like to use the most during my holiday dinner preps and brunches and all the things that we do around here, I just couldn't take advantage of my toaster oven with that casserole dish. So I was solving a physical problem. But let's look at it a little deeper. There's also an emotional level to what we do as humans to solve problems. Now let's go back to my toaster oven casserole dish example. Emotionally, not having that extra space during my brunches and my holiday things stressed me out because then I had to navigate things in a very different way. Planning the oven timing and planning the temperature and switching things in and out. So emotionally, I felt a lot of anxiety and stress because I didn't have that extra space. So buying that toaster oven relieved me of those emotional challenges, that stress. I was feeling that anxiety, that franticness that's happening when I'm trying to make sure the timing and temperature of everything is good. Now, on a philosophical level, that's the third level of solving problems. Philosophically, I'm thinking, you know what? It shouldn't be so hard to pull off a great brunch. I really want my family to feel welcome. I really want to serve everything on time and on temp and all the things and presentation that that were important to me. So philosophically, deep in my psyche somewhere, I'm thinking, you know, it really shouldn't be so hard to pull off a great brunch. Enter the bigger but not extra space on my countertop toaster oven. It solved the physical problem of being able to fit my favorite dish in there. It solved my emotional problem and it solved the philosophical problem. It's not hard. You can think about lots of things in your life, in your world on these three levels. And when a product or when a service, or when an offer addresses all three levels, that is the winning combination. That is the combo that gets the most purchases. Okay, so think about what that translates to when you are in a job interview. Yes, you're solving the physical problem of They need someone to fill that role. There's nobody creating social media content. They need someone to do that, right? But what are the other things the hiring manager or the team or the department is thinking? Well, they're stressed out because everyone's bandwidth is stretched too thin. Or maybe they're stressed out because the person who was doing it before just didn't quite grasp the brand identity. And therefore, the posts, the content, the creative, whatever it was, wasn't landing. And therefore, it was just, you know, creating confusion even on the part of the customer as well as not really hitting all the notes it needed to hit and stressing out the 
team members, stressing out the managers, stressing out the executives, you know, whoever it is that's watching that kind of thing. And then on a philosophical level, man, it shouldn't be so hard to find someone who can understand our brand identity, who understands the consumer that we're reaching out to, and who can create amazing content. When you think of those things with regards to the role and you are answering questions that are being asked of you in an interview with those things in mind, the question they're asking, is this solving a physical problem? Is it solving an emotional problem? Now, someone may not tell you that they're stressed out, but once you understand the pain points and the aspirations then you're getting some clues as to if those aren't happening, if those pain points aren't being addressed, if those aspirations are not being achieved, then you can imagine what might be going on on an emotional level. And you can address that. And then there's, of course, that philosophical level. What are the other kinds of deeper pain points that someone might be experiencing? Organizing your answers in a way that addresses all of these things is marketing yourself. So I don't want you to think of marketing yourself as this weird, creepy, salesy thing that you've got to do that feels inauthentic. It's actually not. It's actually a way to show someone that by hiring you, you can make their life easier and better. This is why I'm always pushing you to ask questions to get more context so that you're uncovering more pain points and you have that as an opportunity to share more of your value. And more of your value means I'm going to solve this for you. I understand what you're going through. I am the person with the skills, abilities, and um, expertise, experience, all of it to solve these problems for you. So think of that. The reason people buy things is the same reason people hire other people. You're making their life easier and better by addressing all of the levels of solution that they're looking for. The next piece of this is what one of my favorite coaches, uh, Stacey Bayman, calls the belief triad. It's belief in yourself. It's belief in your offer, as she would put it. I would, I would translate a little bit to belief in your value and it's belief in the other person that they can actually see your value and that they would act they will actually take action on the value that you are bringing to the table. Let's dive into each of these a little bit more. Belief in yourself. It sounds a little self-explanatory, right? But listen, belief is just a thought you keep on thinking. So when you are believing in yourself, it means you're thinking the thoughts that are elevating you and propelling you to what you want next in your career. You know you're not believing in yourself when you only apply to roles that you're 100% qualified 
for or that you feel 100% qualified for. I'll clarify that a little bit. Some companies have regulations that require certain 100% must-haves. I get that. But we as humans are very prone to downplaying ourselves. So when you look at a role and you don't feel 100%, chances are you are more qualified than you're giving yourself credit for. But belief in yourself has to do with your thoughts about yourself. I'm equipped for this. Everything I've done has prepared me for this. I know exactly what I'm doing and the things I don't know I'll be able to figure out. That's the kind of thoughts to have to generate belief in yourself. Now, belief in your offer, or as I would call it, belief in your value, has to do with what you're bringing to the table. That everything you've accumulated over your career adds value. That you can let some stuff go and focus on other things because that is where the value is creating a sense of focus in your job search instead of casting this crazy wide net or throwing spaghetti against the wall. That's belief in your value when you can reel that in a little bit. Think of it in marketing terms like like your niche, right? You're trying to be everything to everybody instead of honing in on your value and focusing on that and believing in it. You're going to get very different results, if you're trying to be everything to everyone, instead of really having such a strong belief in your value that you're willing to focus on it, you're willing to leverage it. And this third piece, belief in the hiring manager, belief in the recruiter, belief that they're going to see your value and take action to move you forward in the process and ultimately to hire you. If you are questioning whether they're going to see your value, that is an energy that you're putting out there. And that means they'll start questioning. You questioning their belief in you means they question their belief in you. And when you believe in them and that they're going to see it, you're projecting assurance and reassurance and confidence. And they'll experience that confidence. They'll experience that assurance. It's fascinating how this works. So if you feel like you're having trouble marketing yourself in interviews, I want you to go back and re-listen to this podcast and reframe all of those conversations, thinking about how much you believe and if they are buying what you're selling, okay? Or sell what they're buying. Believe in yourself, believe in your value, believe that they're going to see your value and solve their problems, make their life easier. Some of it is just understanding yourself and some of it is understanding the psychology behind why people make choices and decisions. And when you play into that, you're being strategic You're leveraging everything you have and helping them see you as an awesome, awesome candidate for the role. All right, until next time. 
If you like listening to this podcast and you are going to love my program, Job Search Field Guide, this is a unique opportunity. I offer group coaching alongside a five-step process to help you land a job quickly. So I hope you will join me in Job Search Field Guide. This is going to be revolutionary to your career journey and your job search, and you get lifetime access. So find it at elisashuck-careercoach.com, and I will see you there.